The Bible Study Podcast, episode 554. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the kings of Israel and Judah with 1 Kings chapter 12. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. There are a number of different chapters from this study that stand out for me. First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings. I would say there are only about a half a dozen of these chapters that are the reason that I wanted to do this study, and this is one of those chapters. This is finally the reason why I keep saying the kings of Israel and Judah, even though we haven't had that. This is when that happens. Remember, at the end of last week's lesson, Solomon had had his faith turned away by his many foreign wives. And God says he's going to take the kingdom or 10 of the tribes away from Solomon's son. And this is when that plays out. First Kings 12, Israel rebels against Rehoboam. Rehoboam went to Shechem, for all Israel had gone there to make him king. When Jeroboam, son of Nebat, heard this, he was still in Egypt, where he had fled from King Solomon. He returned from Egypt. So they sent for Jeroboam, and he and the whole assembly of Israel went to Rehoboam and said to him, Your father put a heavy yoke on us, but now lighten the harsh labor and the heavy yoke he put on us, and we will serve you. Rehoboam answered, Go away for three days and then come back to me. So the people went away. Then King Rehoboam consulted the elders who had served his father Solomon during his lifetime. How would you advise me to answer these people? he asked. They replied, If today you will be a servant to these people and serve them and give them a favorable answer, they will always be your servants. But Rehoboam rejected the advice the elders gave him and consulted the young men who had grown up with him and were serving him. He asked them, What is your advice? How should we answer these people who say to me, Lighten the yoke your father put on us? The young men who had grown up with him replied, These people have said to you, Your father put a heavy yoke on us, but make our yoke lighter. Then tell them, My little finger is thicker than my father's waist. My father laid on you a heavy yoke. I will make it even heavier. My father scourged you with whips. I will scourge you with scorpions. Three days later, Jeroboam and all the people returned to Rehoboam, as the king had said, Come back to me in three days. The king answered the people harshly, rejecting the advice given him by the elders. He followed the advice of the young man and said, My father made your yoke heavy. I will make it even heavier. My father scourged you with whips. I will scourge you with scorpions. So the king did not listen to the people, for this turn of events was from the Lord, to fulfill the word the Lord had spoken to Jeroboam, son of Nebat, through Ahijah the Shilonite. When all Israel saw the king refused to listen to them, they answered the king, What share do we have in David? What part in Jesse's son? To your tents, Israel. Look after your own house, David. So the Israelites went home, but for the Israelites who were living in the town of Judah, Rehoboam still ruled over them. King Rehoboam sent out Adinaram, who was in charge of forced labor, but all Israel stoned him to death. King Rehoboam, however, managed to get into his chariot and escape to Jerusalem. So Israel had been in rebellion against the house of David to this day. When all the Israelites heard that Jeroboam had returned, they sent and called him to the assembly and made him king over all Israel. Only the tribe of Judah remained loyal to the house of David. When Rehoboam arrived in Jerusalem, he mustered all 
Judah and the tribe of Benjamin, a hundred and eighty thousand able young men, to go to war against Israel and to regain the kingdom for Rehoboam, son of Solomon. But this word of the Lord came to Shammai, the man of God, say to Rehoboam, son of Solomon, king of Judah, to all Judah and Benjamin, and to the rest of the people, this is what the Lord says, do not go up to fight against your brothers, the Israelites. Go home, every one of you, for this is my doing. So they obeyed the word of the Lord and went home again as the Lord had ordered. It's interesting. So God says, I'm going to take the kingdom away from your son. But what happens is the son actually gives the kingdom up because he is foolish. He is foolish and he doesn't A, recognize wisdom, nor even look for it in the right place. It is important that we seek wisdom from the wise. You can imagine that if you seek wisdom from the people who are less wise, you're going to get less wisdom, and that's what happens here. He goes first to the people who've been good counselors for a wise king, generally a wise king, except for that problem at the end, and they give him what is good wisdom. Now remember, during the time of Solomon, they have built a palace for Solomon, and they have built many different cities, and they have built the temple, and there's been a lot of forced labor. They have worked really, really hard. So things were really good in Solomon's day in terms of him amassing wealth and all those things that came in, but the people did work really hard. And I kept saying, as they kept talking about forced labor and all these things, remember this, when we get to, and this is the place we were going to get to, when we get to chapter 12, all of this comes back. And the people say, you know, we understand we needed to build a temple. We understand we had all these things to do. But we don't want to keep working this hard forever. If you will just ease up, then we'll follow you. It's not an unreasonable request. The wise men say, yeah, they're right. It's It's been really kind of hard. You should go easy on them. But he's filled with pride, and the young men around him are filled with pride. And so they do this very foolish answer. What does it even mean to scourge them with scorpions? I mean, it's just a ridiculous thing to say. It was a stupid thing to say, and that's it. There are now two kingdoms, and there will be two kingdoms until one of them goes away. They never again are reunited because of Solomon's unfaithfulness and because of Rehoboam's foolishness. Foolishness in a leader is not a quality you want. And it's very important for leaders to have good advisors and to choose good advisors. And I think in this case, he would have been better to listen to the ones who brought him contrarian views, the views that were not the same as what he had. I think his natural tendency was, I'm as good as my father, and his friends who grew up with him are just kind of feeding him what he wants to hear, and that is never a good thing. You want the people who are willing to speak truth to power, whether that be a president or a king or a leader at a company, you need that truth. And he got it, and he rejected it, and will pay the price. So he gets his army together, and he's going to go take back by force, and basically God sends word and says, no, this is done. This is done. I told your father that this was going to happen. Don't do it. It's not going to end well. Now, remember last chapter, Jeroboam was told by the prophet that all you have to do is serve me faithfully, and then you will get this inheritance like I promised to David 
we'll have two kingdoms, yes, but you get to keep your kingdom with your sons and your grandsons and your great-grandsons forever as long as you are faithful to me. That was the promise just last chapter, and I bring that up because of where we're going next, golden calves at Bethel and Dan. Then Jeroboam fortified Shechem in the hill country of Ephraim and lived there. From there he went out and built up Peniel. Jeroboam thought to himself, the kingdom will now likely revert to the house of David if these people go up to offer sacrifices at the temple of the Lord in Jerusalem. They will again give their allegiance to their lord, Rehoboam, king of Judah. They will kill me and return to King Rehoboam. After seeking advice, the king made two golden calves. He said to the people, it is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. Here are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. One he set up in Bethel and the other in Dan. And this thing became a sin. The people came to worship the one at Bethel and went as far as Dan to worship the other. Jeroboam built shrines on the high places and appointed priests from all sorts of people, even though they were not Levites. He instituted a festival on the 15th day of the eighth month, like the festival held in Judah, and offered sacrifices on the altar. He did this in Bethel, sacrificing to the calves he had made. And at Bethel, he also installed priests at the high places he had made. On the 50th day of the eighth month, a month of his own choosing, he offered sacrifices on the altar he had built at Bethel. So he instituted the festival of the Israelites and went up to the altar to make offerings. Okay. Solomon, through his son Rehoboam, already lost most of the kingdom because he was not faithful. And it's given to Jeroboam with the promise that if you are faithful, I'll give it to you and you can hold it forever. And immediately, he doesn't. He chooses the politically expedient over faithfulness. I say that again. He chooses the politically expedient over faithfulness. He's too afraid of losing his power. And it causes him to do the wrong thing. This is not an uncommon thing. This is still a problem today where the power of leadership is attractive and it's hard to give up. We complain that leaders nowadays in elected officials are more interested in getting reelected than they are in doing the right thing. It's the same problem that Jeroboam has. He says, I could be faithful, but if I'm faithful, people will go worship in Jerusalem and surely if they go worship in Jerusalem, the hearts will turn back to Jerusalem and therefore I'll lose the kingdom. Even though God had promised him, that's not how you're going to have a dynasty. You're going to have a dynasty by being faithful. And so he repeats the sin of the people out in the wilderness after they left Egypt and makes two golden calves. He doesn't even repeat it. He doubles it. He starts worshiping in his own way because he wants to hang on to power. It's a warning for us, too, as we get involved in places that give us power. Are we doing it for the right reasons, or are we doing it because power corrupts? Power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely, is what Lord Acton, the historian, says. And Jeroboam is one of those examples. And I will give you a little spoiler here. From now on, we're going to go about 500-year period, and there's never going to be one good king in Israel. And it starts here. And it starts here with the unfaithfulness 
of Jeroboam, every leader after him will be unfaithful as well. Judah will have some ups and downs, some big high highs and some really low lows. But Israel, it's all downhill from here. And on that wonderful note, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And thanks so much for listening. Hello, my name's Rachel Carmen, and I want to invite you to come over and listen to my podcast. It's called Real Refreshment. For years and years as a young mother, I chased after the wind, thinking that the world could offer me the refreshment I longed for. But it was only when I discovered it in the person of Jesus Christ that I really found refreshment. Come on over and join me as we dig into Bible study. I'll see you there.